0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What do you do when exhaustion and depression stop you in your tracks? After her own experience, Pastor Juanita Rasmus learned how to be with God and herself all over again. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your
1: word is
0: truth, your word
1: is lying. Presented by Innervar City Press.
0: Your word is truth, your word is lying.
1: The Daily Audio Bible podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson
0: and akemeni Owen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old
1: Testament reading, Isaiah chapter 21 through chapter 23. Chapter 21, The Lord Will Judge Babylon. This is an oracle about the wilderness by the sea. Like strong winds blowing in the south, one invades from the wilderness, from a land that is feared. I have received a distressing message. The deceiver deceives, the destroyer destroys. Attack, you Elamites. Lay siege, you Mediz. I will put an end to all the groaning. For this reason, my stomach churns. Cramps overwhelm me, like the contractions of a woman in labor. I am disturbed by what I hear, horrified by what I see. My heart palpitates. I shake in fear. The twilight I desired has brought me terror. Arrange the table, lay out the carpet, eat and drink. Get up, you officers, smear oil on the shields. For this is what the Lord has told me. Go, post a guard. He must report what he sees. When he sees chariots, teams of horses, riders on donkeys, riders on camels, he must be alert, very alert. Then the guard cries out, On the watchtower, O Lord, I stand all day long, at my post, I am stationed every night. Look what's coming. A charioteer, a team of horses. When questioned, he replies Babylon has fallen, fallen. All the idols of their gods lie shattered on the ground. O my downtrodden people, crushed like stalks on the threshing floor, what I have heard from the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, I have reported to you. Bad news for Seir This is an oracle about Duma. Someone calls to me from Seir. Watchmen, What is left of the night? Watchman, what is left of the night? The watchman replies, Morning is coming, but then night. If you want to ask, ask. Come back again. The Lord will judge Arabia. This is an oracle about Arabia. In the thicket of Arabia, you spend the night. You, Dedanite caravans, bring out some water for the thirsty, you who live in the land of Tima. Bring some food for the fugitives, for they flee from the swords, from the drawn sword, from the battle-ready bow, from the severity of the battle. For this is what the Lord has told me. Within exactly one year, all the splendor of Kedar will come to an end. Just as a handful of archers, the warriors of Kedar will be left. Indeed, the Lord God of Israel has spoken. Chapter 22. The Lord will judge Jerusalem. This is an oracle about the Valley of Vision. What is the reason that all of you go up to the rooftops? The noisy city is full of raucous sounds. The town is filled with revelry. Your slain were not cut down by the sword. They did not die in battle. All your leaders ran away together. They fled to a distant place. All your refugees were captured together. They were captured without a single arrow being shot. So I say, don't look at me. I am weeping bitterly. Don't try to console me concerning the destruction of my defenseless people. For the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies has planned a day of panic, defeat, and confusion. In the valley of vision, people shout and cry out to the hill. The Eliamites picked up the quiver and came with chariots and horsemen. The men of Kir prepared the shield. Your very best valleys were full of chariots. Horsemen confidently took their positions at the gate. They removed the defenses of Judah. At that time, you looked for the weapons in the house of the forest. You saw the many breaks in the walls of the city of David. You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the houses in Jerusalem and demolished houses so you could have material to reinforce the wall. You made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, and you did not trust in the one who made it. You did not depend on the one who formed it long ago. At that time, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies called for weeping and mourning, for shaved heads and sackcloth. But look, there is outright celebration. You say, kill the ox and slaughter the sheep. Eat meat and drink wine. Eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Lord of heaven's armies told me this. Certainly, this sin will not be forgiven as long as you live, says the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies. This is what the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies says. Go visit this administrator, Shivna, who supervises the palace and tell him, What right do you have to be here? What relatives do you have buried here? Why do you chisel out a tomb for yourself here? He chisels out his burial site in an elevated place. He carves out his tomb on a cliff. Look, the Lord will throw you far away, you mere man. He will wrap you up tightly. He will wind you up tightly into a ball and throw you into a wide open land. There you will die, and there with you will be your impressive chariots, which bring disgrace to the house of your master. I will remove you from your office. You will be thrown down from your position. At that time I will summon my servant, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will put your robe on him, tie your belt around him, and transfer your authority to him. He will become a protector of the residents of Jerusalem and of the people of Judah. I will place the key to the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens the door, no one can close it. When he closes the door, no one can open it. I will fasten him like a peg into a solid place. He will bring honor and respect to his father's family. His father's family will gain increasing prominence because of him, including the offspring and the offshoots. All the small containers, including the bowls and all the jars, will hang from this peg. At that time, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, the peg fastened into a solid place will come loose. It will be cut off in fall, and the load hanging on it will be cut off. Indeed, the Lord has spoken. Chapter 23. The Lord Will Judge Tyre. This is an oracle about Tyre. Wail, you large ships, for the port is too devastated to enter. For the land of Cyprus this news is announced to them. Lament, you residents of the coast, you merchants of Sidon who travel over the sea. Whose agents sail over the deep waters, grain from the Siphor region, crops grown near the Nile she receives. She is the trade center of the nations. Be ashamed, O Sidon, for the sea says this, O fortress of the sea. I have not gone into labor or given birth, I have not raised young men or brought up young women. When the news reaches Egypt, they will be shaken by what has happened to Tyre. Travel to Tarshish, well, you residents of the coast. Is this really your boisterous city, whose origins are in the distant past, and whose feet led her to a distant land to reside? Who planned this for royal Tyre, whose merchants are princes, whose traders are the dignitaries of the earth? The Lord of Heaven's armies planned it, to dishonor the pride that comes from all her beauty, to humiliate all the dignitaries of the earth. Daughter Tarshish, travel back to your land, as one crosses the Nile, there is no longer any marketplace entire. The Lord stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook kingdoms. He gave the order to destroy Canaan's fortresses. He said, You will no longer celebrate oppressed virgin daughter Sidon. Get up, travel to Cyprus, but you will find no relief there. Look at the land of the Chaldeans. These people who have lost their identity, the Assyrians, have made it a home for wild animals. They erected their siege towers demolished its fortresses, and turned it into a heap of ruins. Wail, you large ships, for your fortress is destroyed. At that time, Tyre will be forgotten for seventy years, the typical lifespan of a king. At the end of seventy years, Tyre will try to attract attention again, like the prostitute in the popular song. Take the harp, go through the city, forgotten prostitute. Play it well, play lots of songs, so you'll be noticed. At the end of 70 years, the Lord will revive Tyre. She will start making money again by selling her services to all the earth's kingdoms. Her profits and earnings will be set apart for the Lord. They will not be stored up or accumulated, for her profits will be given to those who live in the Lord's presence and will be used to purchase large quantities of food and beautiful clothes. New Testament Reading Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 25. Jesus brought before the crowd. Then Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. When I examined him before you, I did not find this man guilty of anything you accused him of doing. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, he has done nothing deserving death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. But they all shouted out together, Take this man away. Release Barabbas to us. This was a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection, started in the city, and for murder. Pilate addressed them once again because he wanted to release Jesus. But they kept on shouting, Crucify him. Crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why? What wrong has he done? I have found him guilty of no crime deserving death. I will therefore flog him and release him. But they were insistent, demanding with loud shouts that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, who had been thrown in prison for insurrection and murder. But he handed Jesus over to their will. John chapter 19, verses 1 through 16. Chapter 19, Pilate Tries to Release Jesus. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged severely. The soldiers braided a cord of thorns and put it on his head, and they clothed him in a purple robe. They came up to him again and again and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly in the face. Again, Pilate went out and said to the Jewish leaders, Look, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no reason for an accusation against him. So Jesus came outside wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, look, here is the man. When the chief priests and their officers saw him, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said, you take him and crucify him. Certainly I find no reason for an accusation against him. The Jewish leaders replied, we have a law and according to our law, he ought to die because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard what they said, he was more afraid than ever. And he went back into the governor's residence and said to Jesus, where do you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said, do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know I have the authority to release you and to crucify you? Jesus replied, you would have no authority over me at all unless it was given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From this point on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted out, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat down on the judgment seat in the place called the Stone Pavement, Gabbatha in Aramaic. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, about noon. Pilate said to the Jewish leaders, Look, here is your king. Then they shouted out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked, Shall I crucify your king? The high priest replied, We have no king except Caesar. Then Pilate handed him over to be crucified. The crucifixion. So they took Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for another opportunity to get in your word. And God, we can feel within maybe our own bodies right now. The fear, the pain, the sadness, the sorrow, the anger of when the truly innocent experience great injustice. For Jesus, no one knows that to the depths that you know it. And this is why even today as our great high priest who's interceding now on behalf of the church, who's upholding this entire, the entire cosmos, oh Jesus. You know, like no one else can fully know, the trouble that we've seen. You can identify, oh God, in ways that are beyond our understanding as individual humans with the injustice that happens towards the innocent. Oh God, indeed, you are our King. We see you in this way. We know that this is true. We thank you that by faith we can call you our Lord, our Savior. We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. That at any moment, oh God, and as we would have done, we would have spoken out. We would have defended ourselves. We would have walked away in our humanity. And yet you stayed in your full humanity to take our place on the cross. In the midst of such injustice and such gross disrespect and humiliation, as the Roman soldiers, Lord Jesus, ripped flesh from your body, as they made a painful crown of thorns upon your head. As the old saints would say in the Black church tradition, you never said a mumbling word. You endured, O God. You took it upon yourself, the disrespect, the injustice, the humiliation. Even before you got to the cross, you were living for us before you died for us. And we thank you for this, Jesus. We thank you that you endured the cruelty of those words, The The slurs that they threw at you, mocking you, the Roman soldiers referring to you as the king of the Jews, knowing the disregard and disrespect and hatred that they had for the Jewish people. And you endured it. You endured those who you had come to save, to rescue, to set free, to redeem, yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. But you didn't wash your hands of them. Instead, Lord Jesus, you took those necessary steps, necessary steps for the redemption of our souls, those necessary steps one by one towards the cross. And we thank you for this today. We are in awe of this amazing grace, this deep compassion, this persistence, this fortitude to live and to die and to rise again for your people. What, what, what kind of love is this? a love beyond our understanding and imagination. And so today, when we reflect on matters in our life and our world that are not going the way that we would want them to go, prayers that we have prayed that have not come to pass, hopes that we have had, dreams that we have had, expressions of justice that we want to see take place, whatever it might be, oh God, we are reminded that we cannot accuse you of not loving us because Jesus, you have lived for us, died for us and rose for us. We are indeed grateful. So would you forgive us? Would you forgive us, O oh God, for saying that your love ought to look a certain way when your love has, has, has traveled the deepest depths of sin and shame and sorrow and injustice on our behalf, that we might be set free to eternal life, that we might even now today experience what the resurrection has brought to pass that peace, that holiness, that shalom has broken in, even now in this broken world, it has started now. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you have done. Thank you, O God, for where we have failed at every turn, you fulfilled at every turn. Where we said no, you said yes. Where we disobeyed, you obeyed. Where we were selfish, you were self-sacrificing. At every turn, you made atonement for us. We are grateful. Remind us of this. Bathe us in the gospel truth, especially as we become weary and weak and ungrateful, quite frankly, O God. Bathe us in gospel truth of what you have done for us and help us to live as grateful people, people who have been filled with so much, so much joy, so much peace, so much love from, the, from a God who is love that it overflows in the way that we treat our neighbor, the way that we talk to ourselves, the way that we even treat our enemies, O God. We have been the recipients of a love that is beyond understanding, comprehension, and imagination. And so let us live like that. It is in your name that we pray and give thanks today. Amen and amen.
0: Juanita Rasmus experienced what she called the crash and what her counselor labeled a major depressive episode. This landed Juanita, a busy pastor, mother, and community leader in bed. When everything in her life finally came to a stop, she found that she had to learn to be with herself and with God all over again. If you are longing for a trustworthy companion through dark days, this book is for you. Each chapter includes life-giving spiritual practices to help you discover your own new ways of being. Get your copy of Learning to Be at ivpress.com and as a listener of this podcast you can get 30% off plus free u.s shipping when you use the promo code the word that's promo code t-h-e-w-o-r-d at ivpress.com we pray this time of getting the word with truth table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of god's word but doers